Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 8, 2020, and yes, we are less than 48 hours away from the start of the 2020 NFL season. It is happening, people. We're really excited about it. My name's Michael Nesrick, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, who I think is equally excited about the, the, the season upcoming, and we get to see Patrick Mahomes and the whole game of Super, Super Bowl champions against Deshaun Watson in, in Houston on Thursday night. Anyway, uh, Chris Rito, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Real well. I, I mean, I'm beyond excited. I'm I'm so excited. I'd be willing to watch the Jags and the Chargers. I mean, it's it's really that kind of excitement. I I really I really think, and I know we've talked about this on air before. That boy, the country and the world just and the sports fan just needs football and fantasy football more than it ever has to make us feel normal, to make us feel excited, to make us feel happy. And and I couldn't be happier that we're actually talking about previewing Week One games instead of just random guesses at what's going to happen. Yeah, it is very exciting, and it feels like it's been like 10 years since we've seen a football game because there was no preseason. So, you know, normally we'd get to see some kind of action with the the guys in the uniforms and, and official scores and such, even though it doesn't count. We haven't seen any of that. These teams have been holding private practices and scrimmages and empty stadiums. And, and here in Las Vegas, a brand-new stadium right down the road here from me, and nobody can go in it and see it. And Mark Davis is lamenting that fact that he's, not gonna, he's gonna be able to open up this brand new stadium and, and, and everything, and there's gonna, there's gonna be a fan in there. But I tell you, we'll be watching it with bated breath on TV, and as soon as this pandemic's over, uh, you know, then they're gonna let the people back in. And who knows, that, that might be before the Super Bowl. People might actually get to see the Super Bowl in person. If fingers crossed there, I don't know, it's next February, they're gonna have to have a vaccine in a hurry on that. But, you know, we'll see. But in the meantime, at least we get to see it happen at least week one live on TV. And we just cross our fingers and hope that there's not an outbreak, uh, you know. But, you know, that's that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to analyze what's going to happen. And let's take a look at the latest news and notes before we get to the picks and clicks for week one. Uh, well, we talked about uh, Leonard Fournette and the fact that he was cut by the Jags, shockingly. Well, he landed in Tampa Bay. That being said, uh, Bruce Arians, head coach there, says that Ronald Jones is still their guy, but Fournette, you know, uh, wasn't brought on to ride the bench the whole the whole day, and they still have a place for LaShawn McCoy in the passing game. So, Chris, what's your thoughts on Leonard Fournette? Do you think he's going to immediately start uh, if, if Ronald Jones struggles immediately? Is going to be an RBBC? What do you think is going to happen in Tampa? No, I, I think there's going to be at least some time. Uh, I, I mean, I honestly think Ronald Jones is being undervalued right now. Um, because of the Fournette signing. So that was the best thing that could have. In fact, I just finished my local auction 
about an hour ago, and I got Ronald Jones for $5, and Fournette went for like 12 So clearly people think he's going to take over. I'm not so sure, and it definitely won't happen right away. Arians is high on Jones. He likes him. He knows the offense. He knows the personnel. So I, I think it's going to be Jones certainly out of the gate. He's going to really have to stumble before Fournette does anything more than become a, uh, a, a giving him a breather or maybe a goal line back. Uh, I mean, maybe in scoring leagues, you might take him over Jones, but I, I kind of like Ronald Jones, especially in PPR right now. Well, uh, for comparison sakes here, you're in a uh, auction league there. What is the salary cap and what were the top guys like uh, McCaffrey and Zeke going for? Uh, well, it's a, it's a $200 salary cap for a 20 man roster. So kind of standard for a 10-team league. The top guys were going in the 30s, uh, mid to high 30s, with the exception of Barkley and McCaffrey that went very high, over 50. Um, so, so you know, th- these these guys were still pretty cheap. I mean, considering the Bucks are going to be a pretty good offense, I think those were both pretty cheap guys. But, but like I said, Fournette has been being drafted ahead of Ronald Jones in my drafting leagues, and he went for more than twice as much in an auction league just a few hours ago. So, Kind of interesting, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of laying my money on Ronald Jones right now, even though I do think Fournette's a better back. Yeah, I tell you, I was in a FFPC uh, $250 uh, league uh, this past Sunday, and we drafted, and Leonard Fournette went in the fifth round. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that's, uh, I think that's uh, really pushing it. Uh, because like you, I believe that Ronald Jones is going to, uh, you know, at least start uh, for for a while. And, and if he if flourishes there, I think he's uh, going to uh, limit the time that uh, that Fournette actually plays on the field. But I'm just scanning the the uh, the list here, and I, I don't see exactly. I can't rem- remember exactly where uh, Ronald Jones went. But Len Fournette going the fifth round, and in an auction league, like you said, five bucks for 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 Jones is is dirt cheap in my opinion because he's That's actually starting. That's the steal. Anyway, let's move on over to Adrian Peterson. He was uh, summarily released uh, by the uh, Washington football team because they liked their younger backs there and they wanted to go younger, and he quickly found a home in Detroit before the season began. Uh, There were a couple other teams that wanted to sign him after week one, but, you know, Detroit uh, uh, has his uh, old uh, uh, offensive coordinator over there, uh, Bevel, uh, and he knows all about AP, and, of course, Dondre Swift has had this leg injury, kind of limited himself from practice and all. And so they needed to help behind Kerryon Johnson, who's going to start there. So what's the impact here? If, it, if, you got, if you drafted AP like we did in Phoenix, obviously we're going to hold on to AP. But does he have any value initially in terms of uh, possibly starting him? Or, or do you just sit, sit him on the bench and see what happens in Detroit? I think you have to sit him on the bench. For starters, this is a very pass-centric offense with all the weapons they have and with Matt Stafford. This is a team that ran the ball about as little as anybody else the last few years. With Swift in place, with with a lot of other bodies, Bo Scarborough was there for a while. You know, he did well. Peterson's a definite hold, but you can't start him right away. There's just not enough, not enough running plays to go around, especially when you're splitting it. And the second thing to think of is that even though he knows the offense, he's got to learn the ebb and flow of the offense. That's number two. And the third thing, really, week one, they're playing a pretty tough run defense in the Bears. So I, I just don't see any reason you'd start him right away. And, you know, if he develops into the main guy, great. you got a cheap number one guy on a, on a good offense. But uh, I, I can't see that happening, at least not anytime soon, barring injuries. 
Yeah, and and for those uh, people with Carryon Johnson, I'm one of them. Uh, in my, on that same FFPC team, I drafted Carryon Johnson. He kind of slid to me as a fourth running back. Uh, there's no way I'm going to play him against Chicago because it's probably going to be a timeshare there with Peterson. If Peterson, you know, is in shape and has learned ever, as much as he can, he's probably going to have some kind of set role there. Maybe even be the goal line back. And uh, you know, so yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sitting Carryon th- this week. But it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens in Detroit. And I agree with you. I think it's definitely a passing uh, a passing a pass-oriented uh, team. Let's uh, move back to Jacksonville. That they, they, they got rid of Leonard Fournette, of course. Then they brought in Devonta Freeman, and everyone kind of thought that they were going to sign Freeman. Uh, in fact, on our draft on Saturday, I mean on Sunday, uh, Freeman uh, went in like the 13th, 14th round. I thought that was a little bit soon there because of a guy who's not had signed yet. And, of course, the Jaguars didn't sign Devonta Freeman. They like their young guys, unknown guys, uh, Divine, Zigbo, and James Robinson. And now James Robinson was actually listed as a starter, but Chris Thompson is a pass-catching back there. It's a muddled three-man RBBC. Fantasy impact, Chris, here. Do you start any of these three possibly this week, or do you just avoid the whole situation? I think you can make a good case for starting Chris Thompson as a flex in PPR leagues this week. I mean, he's he's always a decent flex in PPR leagues, and without any other running backs to, to garner attention in the backfield, he'll probably play in standard sets, early downs a little more than usual as the only veteran, a true veteran out there. And the second thing is I really expect there to be a negative game script for the Jaguars this week. So I can't, I, I can see him being on the field a lot, catching a lot of dump off passes. He could be, he could be flexible and in a PPR, I think. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, I uh, I had an opportunity to pick up either a Zigbo or Robinson in a 14-team non-PPR uh, waiver wire run, and, and the only extra running back I had was Ito Smith, and I'm not confident that Todd Gurley's going to make it through the season, and uh, unfortunately, Chris Thompson was not available in this uh, waiver, and I passed. I'm going to sit on Ito Smith, and I think Ito Smith has more value as a possible starter with, for the Falcons than either James Robinson or Divine Zigbo, which were both picked up beyond my choice there uh, in the waiver wire system so that's what just tells you I'm not sure if there's anyone on Jacksonville's team that you actually have to have I've, I've got my doubts about DJ Chark and what he's going to be able to do this year and I, I think clearly the team is tanking for the future although they say they're not but you know if, uh, if you just take a look at the moves they made uh, big question marks there moving quickly to uh, Damian Harrison in uh, in New England unfortunately he had to have surgery in a broken pinky it's kind of unstable so they put him on IR now IR or or IR rules are different during COVID this year than in the past. In the past, you miss at least eight games. Well, he's going to miss at, at least three. So he could come back in week four. But it uh, looks like Sonny Michel is, is on track to play. They, they, some of the media saying he uh, figures to be eased in, but you can't figure anything with Bill Belichick in, in, uh, you know, in New England. Uh, he could start and carry a lot of it. He could start and not carry much of it. He could not start at all. They've got Rex Burkhead. They've got James White. Uh, you know, they, they've, they've got a lot of uh, running backs there. So fantasy impact here. Um, Damian Harris. If you drafted him, do you hold him, uh, Chris, uh, until he comes off IR? What about Sonny Michel? Do you consider starting him this week? Uh, New England is uh, playing Miami. Uh, it's not a bad matchup. Uh, maybe as an RB3, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, unless you really have to, I would not. I would want to see how this plays out. My bigger concern is seeing what the offense looks like with Cam Newton under center and how many running plays he's going to get. Uh, I mean, Michel, if he's playing, I could see him being the goal line back. Amongst the other options, maybe with Burkhead, but Cam Newton's going to be their goal line back realistically if he's in the lineup. So I, I'm not starting Sony Michelle till I see him really 
establish what he's going to do in that offense. Okay. Okay, let's get to to the injuries. We're going to kind of go through these real quick. I'm going to skip over some of these because of time and all. But the comprehensive list over at ffmastermind.com, uh, just for everybody's information, if you're a premium subscriber of our weekly newsletter, we have a fourth one injury report we've been uh, doing every year for 25 years now. It's a silver anniversary of our website. We update it on a daily basis uh, as uh, players practice and such from Sunday all the way through to following Saturday. Uh, the, the, the good news in Philadelphia is that Carson Wentz returned to a full practice on Monday. He had a soft, soft tissue injury. He, was, he looks good to go. A teammate, Miles Sanders, with the hamstring still listed as day-to-day. We'll see if he practices to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and he can play this week. It's, they're confident that uh, hopefully he can. Uh, David Montgomery's totally uncertain. We're not sure what's going on with the groin there, but I wouldn't count that he would play. Uh, Dondre Swift, we already mentioned the leg. He's uncertain. We'll see if he practices later this week. The guy is expected to play at wide receiver this week. Cooper Cup with the leg. Jarvis Landry with the hip. A.J. Green with the hamstring. And Debo Samuel uh, with the foot. Now, uh, the last guy with the foot that he hopes to play. Uh, he's made some kind of recover, a big recovery from this broken foot, and they're going to see if he can practice the rest of this week, and then we'll see if he can play. Jalen Rega, the rookie, uh, that's very important for the Eagles because they got Alshon Jeffrey there. He's not probably got to play for a couple of weeks because of that foot. Uh, Rega's got that shoulder injury. He's expected to sit this week, but it looks like he's on track to debut in week two, so you only lose him for one week. Over in New York, uh, Golden Tate, hamstring, he sat on Monday. That's not good. Uh, Mike Williams is a game-down decision with a shoulder in the char- in, for the Chargers. I'm uncertain about that. Brandon Cooks in, in, uh, in Houston has got a quad injury. That's the reason why they were limiting his reps in, in training camp. He was limited in practice on Monday. He sat today. There's a big concern there, but they are very deep with Fuller, uh, Stills, and of course they got Randall Cobb. So those are the three wide receivers that would go if Cooks doesn't play on Thursday night. That's a big thing. We'll, we'll keep uh, update uh, people on that. Travis Kelce practiced fully Tuesday after being limited on Monday with a, a knee soreness or whatever. Not any worry there. Uh, Jack Doyle, uh, I hear that he's uh, expected to play this week uh, coming off a slight neck injury. Uh, is, have you heard anything different there, uh, Chris and Indy? No, nothing yet. I'm, I'm fully expecting him to go, especially with Trey Burton being unavailable. Okay. And the final one, Ian Thomas with the toe. He's just, they fully expect him to play Carolina uh, against the Raiders, uh, who have been known to not guard the tight end very well, so he might actually be a sneak play for this week. And anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our primary sponsor for the summer is uh, uh, MyFFPC.com. That's the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, their main event, uh, it's not going to sell out due to COVID people. So, uh, in fact, they ca- usually cap it at 3,000 teams. They had about 2,500 last year, and they barely got 2,000 uh, signed up this year. So that's less teams means better chance for you to possibly win the 500,000 grand prize. 
first teams in 1900, second teams 1500 to enter. Uh, they are drafting here live in Vegas, and they're going to begin the drafts on Friday uh, morning uh, after the Thursday night game. It's a tradition, uh, and so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to the ADP some of these players that play on Thursday night. Kareem Hunt went through the roof and became a first uh, first pick overall in these a lot of these drafts a couple of years ago when uh, when when he had that huge game uh, Thursday night. Anyway, they also have leagues that start as little as thirty five dollars seventy seven hundred and fifty two fifty five hundred on up. Um, they're going to be closing all this uh, you know uh, this coming Saturday right before the game starts. So check out if you want to play in a league or get an extra league in or if you thought about not playing and you're like where should I play uh, then go to myffpc.com uh, you won't regret it they, they pay out all the prizes on time really good guys have been playing with them for 11 years anyway want to make sure that you do check out our website ffmastermind.com we have free uh, quick bits on a, uh, updated on a daily basis all the NFL news and all free eye in the sky scanner reports including those from that cover the Colts for Chris Rito and of course we've done our, our last uh, final update uh, fingers crossed unless somebody something major here happens in the next 48 hours of our master's list customizable cheat sheet our mcp board our executive draft master all been updated and of course the final version six of our preseason draft guide was released last friday with 27 articles 538 pages uh, including several from chris rito on uh, uh specialized articles dealing with covid tricks of the trade uh, being a player during this uh, during this uh, pandemic and as well as being a commissioner those things are very important to read the guide is only 19.95 our summer premium rates are pro bowl package 49.95 that includes the uh, guide all the updates the final version all the rankings as well as the weekly in season newsletter you throw in the executive draft master uh, and it's a super bowl package 59.95 and please follow me on twitter at ff mastermind so let's get right to the picks to click and flick for week one. Oh my gosh here it is chris you ready I need two quarterbacks sure. that you think that are going to do well this week, and tell me why. Well, I mean, this one's aimed for you DFS folks out there. Here's some guys really low on your draft board that I think are going to really outperform the draft position. I'll start with Tyrod Taylor. Now, I grant you it was a couple of years ago, but when Taylor was a starter with his same head coach, he was a borderline QB1 for three straight years from 15 to 17, putting up Josh Allen-like numbers with a better TD interception radio and a better supporting cast now. The opening game against that woeful Bengals pass defense is a great streaming option because they allowed substantial scoring by some mediocre fantasy quarterbacks down the stretch last year. They were very bad on the ground where Taylor could get some bonus scoring because they allowed the most quarterback rushing yards and five TDs last year. So think about Tyrod Taylor, you DFS folks. And then, believe it or not, I'm going to say Mitch Trubisky. He gets the perennially subpar Lions secondary who's lost their best corner and is going to possibly even start a rookie as their top cover guy. This is the defense that allowed the fourth most touchdowns and had the NFL's fewest interceptions last year and the team that's allowed three straight three touchdown games to Mitch Trubisky, of all people. This is a good matchup for him. Yep. I like those two, too, in those situations. I'm going more conventional on the guys that I like this week. Russell Wilson, he gets the Falcons secondary. Uh, their secondary is still an issue. I know they're getting some guys back from that were injured the last year, but I think Russell's going to have a big game this week. It's going to be a high-scoring game. And Philip Rivers, Indianapolis. Hello, Jacksonville. Yeah, they traded or punted on all their good defensive players. I think uh, Phillip's going to have a really nice coming-out party as a brand-new Colts quarterback with at least a couple touchdowns. So if you got him and you need him, start him, no problem there. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Baker Mayfield. I tell you, I'm always concerned about Baker uh, since last year, but he gets the Baltimore Ravens defense on the road this week. 
Um, and I, believe it or not, I do have OBJ on one of the one of the one of my teams, <laughs> and I'm going to start him because this is week one, and you start your good players. And I'm just hoping and praying maybe he might score. But I don't expect more than about one touchdown pass out of Dick Baker Mayfield in this situation right now. And Sam Darnold uh, usually struggles uh, against Buffalo, and his wide receiver cores are hurting outside of Jameson Crowder. Uh, maybe Chris Herndon will probably play. The rest of the guys, Brashard Perryman with the knee swelling, Denzel Mim with the hamstring. Uh, you know, they, they got a whole bunch of guys that they signed and might end up uh, be pulling off the street and then playing and filling the number three wide receiver role. Uh, I would uh, hesitate before starting Sam Darnold. How about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week, Chris? I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, while he's not going to have that dome noise to corral him, Minnesota has been A.A. Rod's personal house of horrors. He's only hit 300 yards once in his last 11 games versus the Vikings anywhere, and he's not top 216 yards in Minnesota since 2013, averaging 176 in that span. Got no new receivers to help his recent decline and a very run-centered offense. I just can't see a path toward QB1 production this week. Uh, And then Matt Stafford. I mean, I'm all in on Stafford this year, but this week one matchup is sort of tough. I know the Bears have lost some secondary talent, and the Lions are as good as anyone at the receiver position, but the rest of the Bears' defense can make it pretty tough. I mean, they, they held Mahomes and Dak and Wentz and Rodgers twice to pedestrian numbers last year, and Stafford has just not lit up the Bears in recent years. He's not topped 300 yards since an OT game in 2015, and he's been below 236 yards in every home game against the Bears with more interceptions than touchdowns. A lot of people drafted him as a number two despite his upside, so you probably have another solid option this week to go with. Okay. How about uh, running back? Uh, a couple of guys you like this week and why? Another guy I'm all in on this year is David Johnson. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. He's going to get a lot of chances to do so right out of the gate on national TV against the defending champs. The Chiefs actually gave up a ton of yardage to running backs last year, especially in the air where they allowed 100 catches and the most receiving yards to backs in the NFL. I expect a lot of touches for DJ in both the running and the passing game. He should be a high-volume PPR stud week one. And then I like Chris Thompson. We mentioned him earlier. For all the reasons I said then, PPR flex play, you could do worse than this. I think the negative game script, again, puts him on the field a lot. He's going to catch a lot of passes. And uh, the Colts actually allowed the most running back receptions last year, and they should allow more again this week. Okay, a couple of guys that I like this week. Uh, Chris Carson, Seattle, it's a trend there. I, I think uh, Russell Wilson's going to have a good game, and I think Carson's probably going to rush for 100 yards and score against the Falcons. Uh, you know, lots of yardage and lots of points scored in this game. So if you got Chris Carson, uh, don't even think about sitting him. Uh, just plug him in your lineup. Don't worry about it. Uh, I think the same thing goes with Mark Ingram in Baltimore. I know he's going to share some action there, uh, touches along with, with Lamar Jackson, of course, and also the the, the rookie uh, Dobbins. Uh, but I think that uh, that um, you know he's going to produce and have probably a score against the Browns that they're playing, of course, at home. Uh, and so if you got Mark Ingram, start him. Uh, with confidence. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, you're going to start this guy, but uh, I wouldn't expect too much from him. Nick Chubb, uh, the Ravens are likely to limit him. Uh, you're still going to start him. He's probably not going to catch many passes because they're probably going to use Kareem Hunt a lot in this game. They just gave Kareem Hunt an extra $13.5 million in a, in a new two-year deal. So, uh, you know, they're not going to uh, just go with Chubb the entire game there. Uh, hope that Chubb can get into the end zone there. Otherwise, you might be looking at 70, 80 yards, maybe 10 yards receiving, something like that. And, of course, Leonard Fournette, yeah, the guy that drafted him in the fifth round, uh, well, he's not the starter. And until he starts or shows that he's got some kind of role, I sit him, and that goes for this week too, especially against the very tough uh, New Orleans Saints defense on the road. I'm sitting Fournette. How about a couple of guys you're not crazy about at running back and why, Chris? 
Uh, Jordan Howard might be a flex for some teams, but this week looks particularly brutal. I mean, I know the Patriots lost a number of defenders to opting out, but this team was so dominant, especially against Miami last year, that even doubling their output would put Howard on my bench. I mean, they only allowed two running back touchdowns all season and only one on the ground, and Howard is going to be fairly touchdown dependent for his fantasy value. Uh, they also allowed the fourth fewest catches. So even if you thought he was going to catch something, he's probably not going to get much. I can see the team using the speed of your bride, maybe even some gadget plays from Lynn Bowden, more so than plowing ahead with Howard. And then I'm, I'm a little worried about Devin Singletary this week. Uh, the Jets, for all their problems in 2019, actually had a pretty stout run defense. They allowed the second fewest rush yards and the lowest yards per carry and only allowed three running backs the top 70 yards against them. They did allow a disproportionate amount of short touchdowns, though, but rookie Zach Moss might be even siphoning those even more than Josh Allen already is. So I got, I got really no reason for, for high prospects for Singletary this week. Okay. What about a wide receiver? Who do you like and why? Love Tyler Lockett this week. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, the Falcons' pass defense is a hot mess still. And the guys that tore, the guys that tore them up the most last year were the route runners, the technicians, not the physical specimens, the big guys for the most part. They couldn't cover any of these guys, and they couldn't tackle, and that really plays into Lockett's wheelhouse more than anyone else on the team. I know DK Metcalf scored twice on him on only three catches last year, but Lockett had six for 100 that day as well. Uh, and then this is a little bit of a hunch here, but I kind of got a hunch A.J. Green's going to come out of the box solid. Uh, I think they're going to get him and Burrow involved early and often. I know the Chargers are decent last year in defending the fantasy wide receiver. Um, opposing wide receiver number ones, though, especially taller ones, gave them the most trouble. Uh, losing their deep safety help for start of the season might also minimize double teams. And I think the presence of other wide receiver options and a solid running back could help them as well. Uh, the zone defense played by the Chargers will also keep Casey Hayward from shadowing him like he might do, uh, like some other top uh, guys might do. So for what it's worth, Green's played the Chargers three times in his career and he scored in two games. And the one without a touchdown was a 85 yard day on 13 targets. So I think he's, he's going to have a good day. Just a hunch. Okay. Uh, well, a couple of guys I like this week, and you just mentioned them. D.K. Metcalf, I know we only caught three balls, but two of them went for scores. I think he's going to score in this game against Atlanta. So you plug him in your lineup and don't worry about it. In Buffalo, I think Stephon Diggs is going to have a successful debut. I'm not saying he's going to blow up and have a huge game or catch more than five passes, but I think he's going to easily score on the Jets, probably have a solid game, maybe uh, four catches for 70, 80 yards and a score. So uh, start, stick, start him if you, uh, if you drafted him. A uh, couple of guys I'm concerned about. Brandon Cooks with his quad injury. Didn't practice today. I think that's a buzzkill against the Chiefs. I know the matchup's fairly juicy because the Chiefs' secondary is not that great. But it is a road game, and Houston has more than enough firepower with Fuller, Stills, and Cobb. So uh, there's probably a good chance that Cooks doesn't even play in this game. I wouldn't even take the chance. Uh, hopefully you drafted him as a three or a four and you've got other alternatives there. And Curtis Samuel in Carolina, really, really bad vibes. He had a really struggle in camp getting kind of separation. Uh, I think that they've probably uh, realized what they have in, in Robbie Anderson there, so I think uh, he's going to be the number two for them. I think Samuel's more going to be more like a gadget guy, and uh, until he actually proves himself or reproves himself, I'm not uh, starting Curtis Samuel right now. Uh, what about uh, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, Chris, and why? I'm going to start with Devontae Parker. A lot of people are going to remember Parker going off for seven catches and a buck 19 against Stephon Gilmore in a meaningless week 17 game last year. I guarantee you Stephon Gilmore remembers that. And fantasy owners probably should also remember that zero catches on seven targets that Gilmore held Parker to earlier in the season, about nine weeks earlier. I do like Parker, but I'm going to take Gilmore to, to lock him down a bit in this one and make a statement. 
And uh, even though I like uh, the balls to be in the air a lot in Houston, I, I think I'm a little worried about Will Fuller this week. Um, despite playing from ahead a lot, the Chiefs actually allowed the fewest yards and the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Kind of surprised me when I looked that up. Furthermore, they only allowed five touchdowns after week four, and all were to slot receivers and underneath guys, Keenan Allen, Edelman, Adam Humphreys, guys like that. They just don't get beat downfield deep, and they rarely allow a 100-yard receiver only one last season in week one. And for a guy who's based his NFL fantasy value on the big play and the touchdown, they might actually be hard to come by in this matchup. Uh, the Chiefs also allowed a lot of yards to tight end and the running back, remember, so that may be where uh, the, the Texans attack more. Okay, what about tight end? Do you uh, like a couple of guys this week at tight end? I do like Eric Ebron. Steelers have been looking for a matchup tight end to exploit in the red zone and down the seam for several years. Roethlisberger's had some success targeting the tight end in close, too. Um, he's impressed in camp. The coaches are raving about using him all over the field. I think he's going to see minimal coverage with the other receiving options in Pittsburgh. And this week, more importantly, faces the Giants defense that allowed five tight end touchdowns in the last five games last year. This is an exploitable matchup, and I think Big Ben does it. And I kind of like Hayden Hurst this week. Um, the Seahawks were quietly quite terrible at defending the tight end last year. They allowed over 1,000 yards and 10 scores, plus the second most catches to tight end, 97. Hurst in a very tight end friendly system. I think the secondary is going to be focusing on the explosiveness of Julio and, and Ridley on the outside when Ryan drops back. He should have a chance to exploit some holes. For what it's worth, also, the Falcons have played Seattle five times in the Pete Carroll era, and the tight end had scored in four of those games. Wow, that's a lot of good uh, statistics there, research. Okay, a couple of guys I like. Well, first of all, you're always going to start Mark Andrews, but I think it's a great matchup at home against the Browns. He could actually score twice in this game, so start him with confidence. And Jack Doyle, Indianapolis. I think he's going to score on the Jaguars. Who's not going to score on the Jaguars? I don't know. I think I'd love I'd put he T.Y. Hilton on that mat on that on that list. I think everybody's going to join. In fact, I think Marlon Mack and John John Taylor could score on the Jaguars. This could end up being like a 42 to 10 game uh, in favor of the Colts. So start Jack Doyle with confidence. A couple guys I'm not crazy about this week: Blake Jarwin, Dallas. I think that the Rams are likely to limit him. That and the fact that uh, they've got so many so much talent at the wide receiver position now with C.D. Lamb. I just think, but Blake Jarwin's been overdrafted this year and. I don't think he's going to be very consistent and on the road against the Rams. Just don't like it. And then uh, Austin Hooper and Cleveland, so much talent for a guy, but we don't know if Baker Mayfield has developed much of a, uh, of a chemistry with him because it's been very quiet coming out of Cleveland. Not many good reports, not bad reports, but, you know, I would just say temper your expectations on the road against the Ravens uh, for Austin Hooper. Uh, just be careful there. How about a couple of tight ends you aren't crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, a caution play is going to be Darren Waller. His high target rate last year was kind of a perfect storm, which I think is going to regress to the mean this year. But in addition, he got an opening matchup with Carolina, and that means he probably won't be targeted much. Carolina was far and away worse than the NFL in allowing rushing and running back points, and also among the worst in allowing receptions and yards to the wide receiver with their secondary, best secondary player moving on. There's allowed a measly 56 catches to tight ends last year, the second fewest. Simply put, I just don't think Waller's going to be a factor in week one, most likely, because he won't need to be. And then I'm benching any and all Packers tight ends, whichever one you think is going to be the guy. The Vikings just gave up a shocking seven touchdown passes to tight ends over the last three seasons combined, and only one last year. Two games against the Packers last year, they allowed a total of two catches for 18 yards and zero scores to the tight end. So if you're taking a chance on Mercedes Lewis or Jace Sternberger, you should have your head examined this week. Yeah, what about Robert Tunyon? They said that he may start, too. They're going to sit him, too. Uh, the other thing is two catches. Wow, were they both by Jimmy Graham? Probably. 
I don't know. No. But yeah, I agree no, with you there. One was one was Graham and one I think one was Graham and one was was Lewis with them last year. It was one was by the backup. I forget who it was. Wow. That's that's amazing. Okay. What about your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense for this week? Um, I'm actually going to go with uh, the Colts on this one. I like the rookie, Rodrigo Blankenship. He won the kicking battle. He's got a good place to start against Jacksonville. I think he'll get some chances to, to, to shine early. And then New England has yet to name their kicker. Last I saw, they added both Nick Folk and rookie Justin Rohrwasser to their practice squad. But I think they're going to probably activate Nick Folk week one. Belichick's going to go with the veteran. And whoever kicks for them, Miami's allowed the second most points per game and and field goal attempts to kickers last year. Always a great matchup for a New England kicker. I I would take whoever is active. I think it's going to be Folk. And then for the defenses, I'm going to stick with the Colts. I like Indianapolis in their opener. The Jags are just a shell of their 2019 selves offensively. The Colts look vastly improved on D. I think this could be a a game for them to shine. And then I like the Chargers. Um, I do like Cincy's offense this year. But this is still a rookie quarterback in his first start, and the pass rush is still pretty fierce for the Chargers. So I think they're going to get it done and score you some fantasy points this week. Well, Chris, this becomes to an end another preseason set of shows as we enter uh, a real NFL season under very strange and different circumstances. But I know you're excited about it, and so am I. I'm going to thank everybody for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when week number two of the 2020 real NFL season during this pandemic is previewed. We look forward to joining you then. Good night and good luck to everyone still drafting. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.